Welcome to the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo. Start this over. Start is over. The Mormon. No, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I don't know. Do you want to? You, you said more lively, week? so it's going to be more I, lively. I, I, I thought it was lively. Okay. I, I don't know how it sounded. We'll, we'll go. Do you want to? Let's just go with it. Okay. Can we just go with it? Yeah. I love it. I told Mitch for you guys to be a little more lively with his intro. I think he killed it. I, I think, sure I hope I did, great. man. That was a little <laughs> flamboyant, I think. That was rough. Oh, I love it. Welcome, guys, to the Sports Hour. We're back again. Second week doing this. First off, I want to thank all of you who listened, shared, downloaded this podcast in the first week. We really appreciate the love and support. It was really cool to see a lot of you guys reach out to us um, and sh- share a little of, of the excitement for this uh, this podcast. So thank you guys. Thank you for listening. We yeah, appreciate it. It only gets more listeners if you guys start sharing the spreading the word. So tell your friends. Absolutely. Tell your coworkers that uh, give us a listen. Give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, tell your follow enemies. us on Instagram and Twitter if you got an account for one of those as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we have social media accounts. I will post them in the description of this video. Um, but yeah, we are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I usually live tweet when I'm watching games. So like I live tweeted, uh, I think I was watching the Cavs Celtics game two. Um, and we're trying to post on the Instagram a little bit more. We'll post polls, pictures, updates, news, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so make sure to check us out on there. But today, Mitch, what are we talking about? What are we talking about today? Wow, we got uh, probably the biggest sports story of the year so far, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. The sports betting legislation, or I guess it wasn't legislation, it was a repeal of legislation by the at the federal government level. Um, the... I wrote down the name because it's a big, long name. The Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act was declared unconstitutional and was repealed. So this allows states to now legalize sports betting and propose um, legislation within their own state to legalize sports betting. Yeah, so a really big deal, and, and something that's uh, a, a little surprising in a lot of ways, um, just because uh, it has been something that is uh, clearly been against the rules, I guess, if you could say. I don't know how else to say that. Right. Um, so we're, so we're, we're going to talk today a lot about the consequences of that, um, where, uh, where we go from here as far as sports, how leagues um, are going to be able to regulate uh, sports gambling within their leagues and maintain the integrity of uh, of the sport. Uh, so, so that'll be a, that'll be a fun conversation. I'm excited to to kind of dive into this. Yeah, um... yeah. So, yeah, and then as well, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of uh, baseball today. We didn't talk last week about baseball, so we're gonna talk about this MLB season. Kind of give some surprises, disappointments. Talk about uh, some of the hot players and teams right now, and then and then we'll talk at the end a little bit about the NBA and these uh, conference finals. Uh, in the first few games that we witnessed. So, I, I, so you know what? Yeah, stick around through the music, and we'll be right back.
All right, welcome back. So, sports, uh, sports gambling. Mitch, Mitch did a did an eloquent job of explaining uh, the premise behind this. But basically, in a nutshell, it's up to the to states now to determine whether or not they want to legalize sports gambling. Uh, what was your first thoughts? Um, when you found out about this early this week. Well, I think it's important to point out, too, that it was every state outside of the state of Nevada. Not that Nevada uh-huh. had legislation passed, but Las Vegas is there. And so, like, that was, like, the only place in America you could actually do sports betting. Mm-hmm. Um, my reaction is, it's about time. I mean, the the way, and I've heard it equated to this um, by a few different people, is it's like alcohol consumption. Like, you're a consenting adult. Be responsible about it. Um, right. I think where people really are going to start to talk is when it starts to affect the integrity of the game and how different sports leagues are going to be involved in this sports betting. Because there's already people out there like Adam Silver from the NBA, and I'm sure all 32 NFL owners are going to be talking about how they can profit from this. So oh, yeah. it's oh, good. Yeah. It's going to have a role in professional sports, not just in like sports betting um, amongst people right. yeah, and but, fans. But yeah, yeah, but within the leagues as well. I, I think it's uh, I think it's Adam. So I don't know if it's the NBA or the NFL, but I've heard that uh, before this is all passed. Um, I think it was Adam Silver. He's and uh, he was talking about sports gambling, and if it was ever legalized, they had basically a plan set up where they would basically take one percent of the profits off top of like everything that was made. I think they had it down as low sport. as point two five percent. So oh, okay, yeah. I, if you make a hundred dollar bet, a quarter goes to the NBA. One quarter, right? Twenty five cents. Which yeah. which I'm totally cool with because like I mean you're betting on their sport and their product, so they should get a portion. And it shouldn't be more than like two percent, but like. Like uh, sports make a portion off of it. Obviously, like whoever the like institution that's like kind of facilitating it will get their cut, and then obviously whoever does the bet gets their cut. Um, what challenges, I guess, do you see from a league perspective of trying to maintain the integrity of the game and kind of uh, regulate within their own entity? Uh, sports gambling and the possible negatives that could come out of it. Well, I think that's where it's going to get really tricky is each sports league is going to have to have their own set of rules for how to handle players who are going to do sports betting. Um, and I, and I don't think, I think if you're in a professional sport, I don't, and I do want to talk about Pete Rose at one, at some point, um, because I don't think that players should be able to bet on games within their own sport. No. Um, because even, whether it's malicious malicious intent or not, there's still going to be people out there that says it affects the integrity of the game. And so whether there's malicious intent there or not, I, I don't think players should be allowed to bet on their own sports, um, but that's going to be hard to that's going to be hard to gauge and hard to govern. Right, exactly. It's hard to regulate. How do you you know? How do you know? Are they doing it? Are they having their friends do it for them? You know, other mm-hmm. people. It, it, it will be hard. I, I do agree with you. I, I think that's wrong. Like I'm okay if Bryce Harper is betting on football games. Like I don't really care. Yeah, don't like care that is, you know what I mean. But but if he's betting on the uh, Rockies Padres game, that seems a little weird. It seems a little off. 
Um, I think that's a little too much. So I think a lot of these uh, leagues like the NFL, NBA, and uh, Major League Baseball are going to have to sit down here in the next few months and figure out, okay, what are we doing? What kind of stuff are we putting in? How are we going to regulate this? How, you know, and they need to come up front with rules and guidelines and regulations that say this is what is allowed to happen within this league. This is what's not allowed to happen and set punishments, which I think is important to come out and say, if you're caught, this is what's going to happen. So it's up front. Everybody knows, like, if it's with baseball, if it's a lifetime ban, if that's how they want to do it, then they just come up and say, if you're caught doing it, whatever, this is what it is. But I think they need to be clear with what the punishment will be if somebody's involved in breaking whatever regulations they set in place. Yeah. Um, and where I think it gets tricky, though, too, is uh, you can't set a, just a baseline punishment. Um, there's obviously different severities of violations Uh of those rules. So that's going to be something that's going to have to be looked at as well, because, you know, Pete Rose was banned from life for base for betting on baseball, but never once bet against his own team. He never once bet. He never once bet against the the Cincinnati Reds against them. He bet with them. He bet on them to win, but he never bet on them to lose. Right. So where's the, so where's the, so where's the integrity of the game being jeopardized? Yeah, it's, if yeah, you're, if well, you're playing to win, you're not jeopardizing any integrity, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I and I think that's where like teams are going to have to figure that out. I think in a general sense, it'll be like don't bet on the sport whatsoever. So like, even if you're on the team, you can't bet on yourself to win or lose, oh, and you can't bet on anybody within the league. I think that'll be more than likely what the regulation will be, which I'm okay with because I think if you just avoid it completely, you're going to have a lot less issues. If it's you can bet on your team. But only if they only if you're betting on them to win or so. I, th- I think you get it gets a little more complicated well, and harder to regulate. Like, oh, right. yeah, you can bet on your team, but only if you're betting on them to win. That, yeah, you, you can't so, have that be a part of it. Yeah. So 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 speaking of Pete Rose, um, what where do we go from here with Pete Rose? Like is one, I want your opinion, but then I also want you to think as if you're MLB. And like Major League Baseball, and what do you think they will do? Because I think those are two different things. Yeah. Um, I've always had this stance on Pete Rose. I think he should have been in the Hall of Fame a long-ass time ago. Um, uh-huh. I mean, he is your all-time hits leader. No one's hit more baseballs than Pete Rose. Yep. Um, he made a mistake. For for a long time, he made a mistake where he was betting on baseball, and you, and come to find out, he was kind of a habitual gambler. He had a gambling problem, um, but he was also a really true. He was a real competitor. He he had the nickname Charlie Hustle for a reason. It's because he right. always played to win. There was no. He had one. That he had one speed, and that was balls to the wall. Um. And he had that same mentality when he started betting. Um, he never bet against his own team. Um, I don't think this legislation change, this change in the sports betting laws really affects it all that much. But I think Pete Rose should be revisited. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and even if you put that argument out there, there's a lot of people that say, well, gambling's morally not okay. Well, if we're going to talk about morals, let's take Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb out of the Hall of Fame as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, two of the greatest players of all time. Not the greatest human beings, though. 
Right. So right. If, we, if we want to bring morality into it, then let's take you know half those dudes out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but uh, on that right, that opens up a whole other can of worms in all yeah. sports too. For looking, you know, at the morals of a person as opposed to what they what the, their performance within the sport. Right. So I mean, no, Pete Rose should Pete Rose should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Then that's my mm-hmm. that's my opinion, and I think there's a lot of people that agree with me. And I think there's a lot of people that disagree with me um, because he did something that was obviously against the rules, but. We still talk about guys that did steroids possibly getting in. So Right. Well and that's so that's what I wanted to ask. So so first off, um I uh I do think we need I think we do need a conversation about this and I think Major League Baseball will, now that it is legal, I think you kinda have to with this be like, Okay, well, Pete Rose, what are we gonna do about that? I don't think they will let him in to the Hall of Fame still. I, I think it's been too long and they've been so stern on this point that to, to, to go back now, it's, I think it's been too long. I, I don't, I don't see them doing that, but I think in my opinion, I think he should be in the hall of fame. Um, I, 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 just, I don't see why he wouldn't, like you said, I mean, statistically you look at him as a player. He's one of the greatest baseball players of all time. So I if think, you're one well, of the greatest of all time, you should be in the hall of fame. So. Yeah. And I think, what what's unfair i think to pete rose and why he should be in the hall of fame is we is let's look at the greatest scandal in baseball history the black Sox scandal 1919 world uh-huh. series eight players from the white Sox were charged and accused with throwing the world series to gain to to be paid they were basically paid off to throw the world series one of them was shoeless joe jackson who a lot of people regard to as regard as you know one of the great players of all time Mm-hmm. And I feel like Pete Rose is thrown in that same category as him. But Pete Rose never threw a game. Pete Rose right. always played to win. And so I think it's unfair to Pete Rose for him not to be in the Hall of Fame when he's obviously has all the accolades. I mean, 4,256 career hits, 17 time All Star, an MVP, three World Series, three batting titles. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. Why? Because he bet on his team to win? Yeah. I mean,. No, yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's right. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I honestly think what will happen is they will give him – they will put him in the Hall of Fame posthumously. Like after he dies, they'll be like, all right. Which is a shame. Uh, you know, it, which is – it's 100%. It, it is a shame and it's not right. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about PEDs um, okay. because that is something that we face now with a lot of players like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Mark McGuire – uh, what to me, it, this is obvious that what Pete Rose did was way, uh, less severe than PEDs. I'm assuming that you're hundred percent with this, that PEDs are worse for the integrity of the game than what Pete Rose did. Oh, absolutely. So, and, and we still talk about guys like Barry Bonds probably should be in the hall of fame. I mean, he's what he's second all time. No, he, yeah. Wait, I don't actually. No, he passed Hank Aaron, right? Oh yeah, he's. I don't actually he's ever remember this. Yeah, okay. seven sixty-two. I, ever... I think is what he's got. Right. So, as the all-time home run leader, we still talk about Barry Bonds. Should it should that he should be in the Hall of Fame? So, at that same point, like if PEDs and PED use is worse than gambling and what uh, what Pete Rose did, then it then, then there's no argument for him not being in the Hall of Fame, really. I mean, yeah, Barry Bonds was, an, was a Hall of Fame player 
before he took PEDs. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how, and I I don't know, There's it's definitely out there, how early he started taking them. Um, but when you look even to 1998, um, which... Uh, 99, which is age 34 season. He was, he already has Hall of Fame numbers. Um, that, that would have been his 13th year in the MLB. He played until he was 42, which was way too long. Um, but I mean, and you actually see a severe, a really steep increase in numbers for him past the 1999 season, 2000, 2001. Right through 2004 is when you really see the spike in numbers mm-hmm. um but yeah barry bonds barry bonds was a hall of fame player before he did peds um i don't know if you can make really a case for anyone else who took it because sammy sosa wasn't yeah um mark mcguire maybe but he had his best years when he was doing peds Um, Rafael Palmero, you, I don't know if you really have a case for him. Roger Clemens, I think you have a case for, but yeah. Um, and PEDs, it, it labels people so quickly. I mean, Andy Pettit was one of those guys that took PEDs to help rehab an injury, but people associate him with PEDs because he took it for what, like three months to help rehab after he did, after I think he had Tommy John or shoulder surgery or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but we all know Andy Pettit's not a PED guy. But right. You associate right. Well, him with that. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's well, a stigma. Well, this is so I ha- I have an interesting question. So um so I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking about what if like twenty five years down the road, somehow, whatever, baseball or it's legal, whatever it is, baseball decides, hey, PEDs are cool, we're okay with it. You can use performance enhancing drugs however you want, like part of the game. And we're in the same situation where now we have to look back at all these guys that we potentially left off. Like, I think it's the same situation. And I think if you look at it like that, if PEDs ever became cool, I think we'd look back and be like, cool. Well, then put Bonds, put McGuire, put Clemens, put Sosa in the Hall of Fame. It's cool now. So we're going to, like, just basically forget about it. And I think we need to do the same thing with Pete Rose. Like, yes, it wasn't cool then, but it's cool now. He, it's circumstantial. He probably should have been in anyway. So like, let's right. just, let's put him in, call it good and just forget about it. Cause it's a non-issue anymore. And I think if you look at it in the same context as PEDs and realize that like what Pete Rose did wasn't nearly as detrimental to the game as using performance enhancing drugs. I, there there kind of is a, a lack of an argument for keeping him out of the hall of fame. Yeah, I mean, there's really no argument for keeping him out of the Hall of Fame, at least to yeah. me. I mean, yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree with you. Um, let's talk me. So right, <laughs> let's talk Robinson Cano real quick. So breaking news this week was that Robinson Cano was suspended eighty games for PEDs, um, and it was a drug that he that is known to mask the use of PEDs that he had taken. And in order, to, MLB's rules state that in order to suspend somebody for using this drug, they have to have evidence that it was used to mask the use of PEDs, which it was. So they suspended him 80 games. He accepted the suspension. Robinson Cano was pretty much a surefire Hall of Famer up until this point. Are, are we looking at him now as like somebody who's not going to make it? Well, he didn't test positive for a PED. 
he tested positive for a masking agent, which I think was right. a diuretic. Um, but the fact that he tested positive for something that masks PEDs leads me to think that maybe he was taking something he shouldn't have. Right. And I even read some stuff to where he said, like, he wasn't aware. And a lot of people, there's a lot of athletes. Don't they, don't they all say that, though? There's a lot of athletes <laughs> that say, oh, I wasn't aware that that was a, that was a banned substance. Dude, the list is out there. Just right. look at the list. Yeah. Like, it's it's really easy, dude. Just look at the hard. list. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's not that hard, dude. Just look at the list. It's all there. It's And it's black mm-hmm. and white. You can take this. You can't take that. And right. for someone to say they didn't know is just a load of bull crap to me because... Oh, yeah. You know. Okay. There's no one's left in the dark here. Everyone knows mm-hmm. what you can and cannot take. Right. Well, and that's what I think Major League Baseball has done really well is say there, there, like you said, there is an actual list. Everybody knows it's straightforward. So when these guys get suspended for this stuff, it's like, really? Like, come on. Like, yeah. You, sh- you should know better. And if you don't know, the doctor who's given you this or who the trainer, whoever it is, they need to know. So, like, that's on you, too, for not being around the right people or, or not having people that are going to, you know, keep within the rules and not screw you over what kills me and we have we haven't seen a whole lot of this in recent history but what kills me is when i see a guy who's a repeat offender oh yeah that's what kills me it's like okay dude like someone obviously you don't get it so Yeah. yeah yeah that's frustrating yeah, so Cano, I mean, we'll see. I I mean, he was a lock, basically, for the Hall of Fame, but he's not a guy at the level of, like, Maguire or Clemens or Bonds. So no, he's more but of he like was a, a good, Rafael Primero. So, like, you look at Rafael Primero, and you're like, all right, he's a Hall of Famer, but with the PEDs, you're like, nope, it's not going to happen. And I think Cano's kind of in the same boat. He shot himself in the foot, got himself out of the Hall of Fame. Um, unless some P- some reversal on these PEDs ever comes, I, I, I don't uh, – I think he – shot his chance and i don't see that ever Um, happening i don't think that baseball is ever gonna say yeah it's okay to take performance enhancing drugs um especially with the way the modern athlete is now right like i mean can you imagine if bryce harper i don't know if he's doing it right now no one really knows he hasn't tested Uh positive yet but can you imagine if bryce harper and mike trout started taking peds Oh yeah, that's like seven hundred foot homers. homers. <laughs> Eighty homers, all of them seven hundred well, feet. Plus. I mean, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton hit like five hundred foot homers already. So yeah, you know, you add PEDs to those monsters. Yeah. Like, you imagine <laughs> those are guys I trust didn't take PEDs because they were monsters when they started, and they're right. still monsters. Right? Aaron Judge is like six ten. Like you look at him, you're like, you don't need PEDs. Like he's yeah. hitting those homers on pure strength and just the physicality. You know, and I think he knows. <laughs> That. I think he knows that like he's a human PED. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like he's literally <laughs> yeah. He's Aaron a Judge human the human PED. <laughs> if everyone could just get a little bit of Aaron Judge in him, or John Carlos Stanton, <laughs> it'd, be the, it'd be 1998 baseball season all over again. All over again. Oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's talk let's talk some baseball. Baseball's fun, guys. I love baseball. Um, this season we're about 50 games 45 to 50 in that range games into the season um and mitch we'll we'll start with you who are some of your surprise teams this year and who are some of your disappointments okay um 
My surprise team is actually my beloved Oakland A's. Um, oh, yeah. They are playing very well, and I'm knocking on wood as we speak because I want them to ride this train. But um, <laughs> like I said, they just went on a 10-game road trip. Um, and after coming off getting swept at home by the Astros, uh, that was a rough series. I mean, I couldn't really blame for but being it's swept the Astros, by the Astros. You know? I mean, that's a it's really okay good to be swept by the Astros. Like that's that's an acceptable thing. Yeah, they're they're just a really good ball club. I mean, they're 16 and seven on the road this year, as opposed to 13 and 11 yeah. at home. Um, really good ball club on the road, and so I wasn't really too upset about uh, them getting swept. But then they went to they go to they went to the yankees they went to new york play the yankees i think they dropped two out of three there but then they went into boston one of the tougher places to play um they went two out of three there and then they just swept the blue jays they just finished up a game today it was a four game set in toronto um they're playing well yeah they're 12th in offense right now 12th in hitting um which i think is something that surprises a lot of people because there's a lot of a lot of young guys, a lot of no names. Um, I mean, they're a team of platoon guys, and Bob Melvin does a really good job of um, utilizing a platoon role. Right. Um, they do struggle a little bit in pitching. I would like. I mean, right now, well, Andrew Triggs went down last night or two nights ago, and then Brett Anderson just went down. Um, they're seventeenth in baseball in pitching. Um, I think that's four two nine ERA, but. Um, yeah, so that the, the A's is definitely a surprise team, a good surprise team. Um, I'm also another good surprise team is Milwaukee playing really yeah. well. Um, I think with the addition of, uh, oh shit, uh, damn, Christian Yelich. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and Lorenzo Kane, I think they got. Um, mm-hmm. They're playing very well. Pittsburgh's playing a lot better than I thought they were going to play after the Delt Kutch to the Giants. Right. Um, yeah, those are those are kind of the surprise teams that they have that are playing well. The ones that are really yeah. struggling, uh, the Dodgers, easily, say, say, easily save one those, of the say, big disappointments so far. Say, save those Dodgers for me. I'm going to have a little rant about yeah, my Dodgers. I'll let, I'll let you break that down. But they're <laughs> one of the disappointments for me um, yeah. with all the talent they have. Um, Cleveland is not as good as I thought they were going to be. Uh, they're still mm-hmm. they're still leading their division. Uh, it's because at five hundred at five hundred. <laughs> I mean that it's not a very the central's pretty they'll, weak. Yeah, they'll probably win eighty four games this year and win the division. Like no doubt that, that could that <laughs> very well could be a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, another team that's kind of surprising that's playing well is Seattle. Um. Yes. They're playing uh, they're on my list. I mean, now they're down Robbie Cano, but um, I don't think that's really going to drop them off that much. I mean, hopefully not for them. Yeah. I, I do root for them. I do really like them, and sometimes. I really like James Paxton. Good for him throwing that no hitter earlier this year. Mm. Um, yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, so I really like I really like those teams. They're, they're my surprise teams. Yeah, so far yeah, yeah. I um. I had Seattle on my list as well. Um, they, I mean, they are second in the AL West, which that's a very strong division with Houston, the Angels, and the A's. Um, and they're second. They're only two games back of the Astros, which was crazy to right. look at. I mean, yeah. the Astros, probably top three team in, in MLB this year. 
And yeah, they're only two games back. They're 26 and 19. Uh, they're ahead of the Angels, sure. who have been a surprise this year and, and played really well. So, so I think Seattle's having a really good season. Also, uh, my other surprising team was the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Atlanta yeah, is leading yeah, yeah, yeah. the NL East. And I mean, this is a team that's young. They have, they, they've been rebuilding for a few years. They have a lot of young pieces, a lot of guys that they've called up this year and relied on. And these young players are playing well. Um, them and Philly are at the top of the NL East, which is uh, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, and they're and they're half a game above Philly. They're twenty seven and seventeen. They Atlanta has the best winning percentage of any team in the NL. That's crazy. Uh, and that right, that no in, one saw that coming. Its, right, and they're fourth in the MLB behind just the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros. So I mean, this is a team that's top like top eight in hitting and pitching as far as like runs scored this year. Uh, they're just they're they're a young team that's just playing really well, well um, which was that- surprising. Atlanta has that one kid. Um, yeah, their their big prospect that they called that they called up this year. Yeah, I'm um, trying to remember his name. But I, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to look it up real quick because they have a few. They have a few young guys. Um, Ozzy Albies. Yeah, Albies. I don't know how you say his name. Al- Al- he's, Al- he's Ozzy won. Albies. Yeah, that kid's a second baseman. Has 13 homers this year, um, which is awesome. Um, sorry. And doing it at a 277 clip, which isn't terrible. Yeah, um, that's not. Uh, he's not he's bad. definitely mashing, but he's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Ronald Acuna Jr. Ronald that's Acuna Jr. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. And since since being called up, he's played 22 games, 87 at bats. He's batting 253. He's got eight, uh, four homers, eight ribbies. Um, but I mean, they're just getting a lot of production. Uh, you know, Nick Markakis is batting 341, seven homers, He's 30 still RBIs. Alive? Freddie, I feel like that guy's yeah, been know, around right? forever. Yeah, Freddie Freeman's having a great year, Dansby Swanson. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's just a team that's playing really well. And, you know, you look at teams like the Brewers, uh, like uh, uh, Atlanta, like Philly, uh, these younger teams that are playing really well, and you just look at it and you just wonder, is that success going to sustain itself throughout the season? And most likely not. But it's fun to see right now, and it's a lot of good experience for young players and a team on the rise to be able to play so well in the beginning of a season and have a shot at a wild card spot, you know, as yeah. uh, as we near the near the postseason. Um, but um, oh yeah, I was just going to agree with you in saying that with Washington in that division and with the Mets not playing terrible, it's kind of hard to see Atlanta and Philadelphia sustain that. Right. Um, but especially Atlanta, with might, the Atlanta might stick around. But, oh yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a chance, but you've got to have young players playing at a high level throughout the season, which is just hard. It's just hard to do. It doesn't happen that often, yeah. especially when you, you have a team like that that is really just young players, not young players with veterans. It, it really is just a lot of young guys. Right. Um, l- let me talk about my Dodgers here. So oh, yeah. Dodgers freaking losing the World Series last year. They they basically bring the same team back. There there really isn't much changes except for Matt Kemp. The the Dodger great of the of the late 2000s early oh, 2010s. And Matt Kemp is killing it this year. He's batting like 313. He's got like six homers. He, he he's like the top batting average on the team. He's killing it. He's got clutch hits all the time. I'm like, "Who is Matt Kemp? Is this Matt Kemp from 2008?" I'm I'm like shook. It's crazy. 
But the team sucks. They're 19 and 26. They played two series against the Reds and the Marlins, and I think they won one game out of six, maybe two. They dropped two out of three, I think, against both teams, which is horrendous. Uh, Those are like two of the worst teams in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, They're six games back in the division, and they're fourth in the division behind everybody except for the Padres. Uh, They're just not playing well. And I will give them a little bit of credit. Uh, they did. They beat the Marlins. They beat. The, they won Game Three of that series, and they've now gone on to sweep the Nationals. Which I guess we can't beat the Cincinnati Reds, but we could beat the Nationals. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I'll take. I'll take it. Um, but it, I mean, it really is for them right now. It's it's their bullpen. You look at their starters' ERAs, and the starter ERAs are not bad. But they get to the sixth or seventh inning with a run two run, maybe tied, maybe down one run, and the the bullpen's blowing it up. All their bullpen guys have ERAs like over 4.5. It's just a, it's just a rough year. And uh, one of the big things is Justin Turner, who's really been a rock and a, and a stability to them, has been out all this year, and he's finally come back the last few games, and I think that's going to help them move in the right direction. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're just... Um, they're not they're not doing too hot and it's 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 almost embarrassing as a Dodgers fan to see them lose to the Reds and the Marlins so many times it really is oh yeah I I can't I can't sympathize with you because I'm not a Dodgers fan but right um, I I do I I do want to point out I I do want to point out one stat I looked up so Kershaw uh has pitched seven games this year he is one in four with a 2.86 ERA and I think that pretty much just sums up the year he, he's a 2.86 is a fine era yeah he's one in he's one in four i mean <laughs> like and let's be no, honest that's even a little high by clayton kershaw standards i mean we're used to him throwing it like 2.2 2, you know 2.1 sub two but, um, sometimes yeah but i mean he's not pitching bad he only has 48 strikeouts in seven uh seven games and that's not super super good well, but he, he's had he's I, had a lot of work early in his career though I mean, yeah, yeah, from yeah. very early and on, he's had a he lot of injury issues. So, right. so, yeah, it's uh, it's it, yeah, it's just it's just a rough year. But I, I think they'll turn it around. I'm not losing faith. I mean, they're still a really solid team, and uh, nobody in the West is really blowing it away right now. Uh, right. So they're still uh, after winning today. They're I think they're they're five and a half games back. So, uh, you know, they're not they're not totally out of it, but they are a disappointment for me. Um. Let's transition to some of this individual play. Uh, so Mitch and I went through, kind of picked out, like if we were give the award away right now, who the AL and NL MVPs would be and who the Cy Youngs would be. Um, let's start with the MVPs. Mitch, who did you, uh, who did you have on your list? Um, I had Mookie Betts. I mean, how do you He's go against, killing it this year. How do you He's go against that? It. I, oh my gosh! Fifteen home runs so far. He's batting three sixty eight. His slash line goes like this: three sixty eight, four thirty nine, seven sixty seven slugging. Oh my gosh. His OPS, which for those that don't know is on base plus slugging, is twelve oh five. Wow! I mean, <laughs> nuts! The dude's hitting out of his mind. Um, yeah i I don't even think you can argue anything against that i don't think no not really no not really yeah that's who i got um i i don't think you could really talk about it much because he's hitting so he's hitting in a different league 
Yeah, I mean, he's oh, yeah. in a league by himself right now. And so I Just don't out know there. if... I guess maybe JD, which is another... JD Martinez. His teammate, right, his teammate. another one you could talk about. But yeah. Mookie's still hitting 30 points higher than him. Average right. price. He's hitting over 100 points higher than him slugging. And... Same amount of home runs. He has less RBIs, but Mookie is playing as a leadoff. And that's a lot of where the RBIs come is that the end of the Red Sox lineup is very, it's pretty weak. Well, they're so he's not getting the R- and the ribbies. I mean, JD has 38, Mookie has 32 and Mookie right, has two right. more homers than him. And that's all coming out of the right. leadoff spot. So I don't know. Yeah, how exactly. You, I don't so, know how you could argue Mookie over right. anyone else. Right. It's now. like you, you put Mookie in the three or the cleanup and yeah, I mean, he's probably got 40 plus RBIs right yeah. now. So in yeah, the NL, I, I, oh, sorry, go for it. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and the NL, I kind of had two, and one of them is kind of like a feel good. Like I really like Scooter <laughs> Jeanette for some reason from Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, you can't put him in. You can't. Put I, him I can't in put the, him in the, the argument, movie. but I do want to talk about him for a minute because he's just kind of one of those feel okay. goods. Um, yeah, three eighteen, three fifty five, five hundred three slugging. Um, out of a second baseman who's kind of been a, he hasn't been around in too many places, but he's kind of been a journeyman. He's kind of been up and down, in and out of the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. I think last year. He had that was was it a four homer or a three homer game that he had? Oh yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah okay. Um, he's just kind of one of those feel goods for me. Um, I actually honestly didn't think about the NL too much. Um, and I'm looking at it now, and really the first guy that pops up that I really think you could consider is uh, Nolan Arenado. Um, yeah. Hitting great, and the dude is a brick wall at third base. Nothing gets by him. And he's got a fantastic arm. Um, he's one of those five tool guys. Absolutely, I love it. I, I let me. I, I have. I have a few. So I, I agreed with you, obviously, on Mookie. Um, dude's batting three sixty five with leads all of major league, but including the AL. Um, and with that, fifteen homers and or yeah, fifteen homers and thirty two RBIs. He has eleven stolen bases. Uh, so he's, yeah, he's a he great can run. all-around player. He can run. Um, and his WAR, which is the wins above replacement, which obviously is a is an analytical stat that tracks like total contribution to a team, wins above replacement. He is at a three point six, which is ridiculous. But it's also second in the league behind Mike Trout. Mike Trout actually has a higher WAR rating, okay. uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, I you totally look at his believe stat that lines, too. And his stat lines aren't that aren't as good as Mookie's, but obviously Trout brings so much to the team. Um, but I mean, obviously, I think it's Mookie in the NL. I uh, I actually had Freddie Freeman, uh, who's the first baseman from the Atlanta Braves. Okay, um, yeah. Freeman is batting three seventeen. He's got nine homers, thirty four RBIs. Uh, he's sixth in the NL in uh, batting average. He's second in RBIs. His WAR is a two point three, which is third, and he's also on the best team in the NL so far. You know, they have the highest winning percentage. So, to me, like, he's having a great year, and he's on the best team. Kind of just made sense. Um, and there's nobody else that really stuck out to me in the NL uh, that was having, like, an, an absolutely amazing season. Bryce Harper's only batting, like, two twenty four this year. Uh, I, no, nobody else is really performing that high. Right. Cool. So, yeah, um, let's, uh, let's, talk, let's talk some Cy Young. This was pretty easy for me, but I want to hear what you had. Yeah, I'm pulling up the list again because I did have a list and it changed. What's going on? Oh, because I'm going by average. Duh. And it's sorting <laughs> by bat by batting average against, and I was like, no, I did not pick McCarthy. I did not pick him. Right. <laughs> um, 
No, I had Justin Verlander. Um, oh yeah. That and, ERA. I, you know what? Anyone that, from that, that Houston, ERA. Anyone really from the Houston rotation right now gets consideration. Um, yeah, because Garrett Cole's having a great Garrett season Cole as well. Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton's having a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's six and zero oh, through nine starts with a one nine four ERA. Yeah, I mean he's not that far off of Verlander and Cole. No, um, and Verlander's kind of run away with it. He's li- he's giving up more than half a run fewer than everyone else. Um, yeah, I mean his his ERA for you guys is a one point zero five. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just like he's that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. And he has 84 strikeouts, which is third in the AL. Um, and his WAR is a 2.8, which is first. Uh, and he's he's five and two, or yeah, he's five and two. But I mean that ERA, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean there's really in the AL, there's not really anyone that comes close for me right now. Maybe Chris Sale. Yeah. I mean, there's. Not... I think you could look at Severino. Severino's having a good year. Yeah, Severino, um, Chris Sale. I think um, Kluber. But yeah. other than that, it's there's not really a whole lot of people that come close to those three guys right. from Houston for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the NL, you could look at ERA and say that uh, Carlos Martinez is your pick because of ERA. I mean, he's the next mm-hmm. closest guy to Verlander. Um, but I think DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom, has pitched very, very well. Um, kind mm-hmm. of for what he's given the run support and they have kind of, it seems like someone from the Mets is always hurt. I don't know if that's the truth or not, Yeah, <laughs> but it feels, I, it feels that way. Um, uh, Gio Gonzalez has pitched really well. He's kept mm-hmm. the ball in the ballpark. He's only given up two homers this year, which I thought was great. I know Carlos Martinez wow. has only given up one. Um, but uh-huh. Gonzalez has only given up two, uh, Two homers. He's got a two three six ERA. Four two through nine starts. Um, the whip's a little bit high, but uh-huh. he's show, it's at one four one. But he's able to. He's shown that he's been able to pitch out of stuff, um, and he's that's always kind of been one of his traits. He's he had that trait in Oakland. He's had that trait in Washington, um, where he's kind of been able to pitch himself out of jams. So I, I like uh-huh. Gio Gonzalez. Don't sleep on him. But right now. Um, actually, I didn't, I didn't even mention him yet. Uh, Max Scherzer for me is yeah, yeah, yeah. seven and one through 10 starts, one seven eighty RA, um, oh eight five whip. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had, he hasn't had a whole lot of trouble keeping the ball in the park. He's only given up five homers. So, um, yeah, DeGrom or Scherzer for me, I think. Yeah, I had, uh, I had Scherzer. I mean, he's seven wins is, first, is tied for first, or it is first in the NL. He's uh, third in the ERA with a 1.78. First in strikeouts with 104 strikeouts. And his war is a 2.7, which is second. Um, the other guy that I would look at that you didn't mention was Aaron Nola mm-hmm. uh, from Philly. He is 6-1 and one through 10 starts. Uh, he's got a 2.37 ERA. His whip's 1.02. His war is 2.9, which leads the NL. Uh, not a huge strikeout guy. He has 57, so he's not, you know that kind of guy but i mean obviously pitching really well for a really good team uh and uh i i think if they continue to play well he continues to play well i i think he'll make an all-star team could probably be up there uh in the conversation but to me this was scherzer scherzer and verlander were almost like pretty obvious i think there's a lot of guys you could like maybe look at um but they're i mean they're just having incredible seasons so yeah absolutely at the top of the game 
but yeah, baseball baseball's fun. It's it's fun to see the Yankees and Red Sox play so well and play each other all the time and be at the top of that division. I I, I think that rivalry is it's always been fun, um, but to see them both playing at such a high level, you know, and uh, as is is really entertaining. Yeah, and with someone whose favorite team is in the AL, and you get tired of seeing the Yankees and Red Sox be in the World Series all the time. It feels like uh, maybe not in the last few years, but. Um, that's still just a fun rivalry to watch because it's always, oh, yeah. even through the years where it had kind of died down, it was still fun to watch because you could, there was still this level of intensity. It's kind of this playoff atmosphere every time they play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that derives from the matchups in the seventies and eighties. And then again, in the, two, in the early two thousands, when the Red Sox started to you know have their resurgence and everything and the Yankees were red hot. So, um, yeah, it's a it's it's a fun baseball's fun right now. I know there's yeah, a lot of yeah, people yeah, that good. there's a lot of scrutiny over rule changes. There's a lot of scrutiny over pace of play, but baseball's fun right now, and I think people should really just take the game for what it is and recognize that it's it's one of those games that has so few changes throughout the the history of the game. I mean, since it was invented, mm-hmm. I mean, right? Rules have changed so little since then and people really need to just look at it as um take it for what it is and enjoy it stop trying to scrutinize it yeah 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 for sure i i 100 agree with you all right so um so so we, we we're gonna start a, a segment on this show called forgotten all-stars and uh basically what it is is mitch and i do a bunch of research and find some random all-star or pro bowl player that you totally forgot or didn't even know made an all-star or a pro bowl team um and it, 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 i think it's a fun exercise because you forget that like sometimes random players just have a really good year or the competition's really weak and you just get random guys um that get to that level um so mitch has one uh from from the mlb so mitch go ahead yeah um i'm gonna go back to 2005 um nl third baseman i believe it's 2005 um Morgan Ensberg was his name. He's a third baseman for the Houston Astros. What? <laughs> I feel like that name is slightly familiar, but I, I honestly feel like could whenever not. Whenever on any baseball game, any baseball video game in that era, era you saw Morgan Ensberg at some point. Right. Um, he had a monster year in 2005. He hit 36 homers, 101 RBIs, and hit 283. Wow, um, and that was it. That was the year the Astros went to the World Series in '05. Um, oh yeah, I forget who they lost to. Was it know, Boston? Was it, was it or Detroit? No, Detroit's I don't not. Detroit hasn't won one. I thought. Well, they oh they went in like '07. They went in '06. Was it? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up real quick. Okay. But yeah, Keep Morgan Hensburg, um 36 homers in one year. He hit 110 for his career. Um, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, this was kind of his one big year. <laughs> right. Um, his career war, check this out. Career war was 13.8, which I thought was interesting. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, 110 homers. 347 career RBIs, 22 stolen wow. bases, but in but one that year, one, that one year, I mean, a third <laughs> of his career production came in one season. In one year, 
Did, did um, he get injured or anything, or did he just kind of like fade away? Um. So he the next year he he still hit twenty three homers in 06, okay. Um. But he only hit two thirty five. Um, right in 07 he was traded to the Padres and really just started to fall off and fade Um, after that he so he played with the Astros then he went to the Padres for one year and then he played with the Yankees in 08 and really just that was his last year that was the last time he appeared in the MLB Um, so to go from an all-star in 05 to out in 2009 is kind of Kind of incredible. That's a drop off. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I love it. See, this is good. This is what this is what I'm talking about. And this fun, like I don't know, it's just like you forget about this random guy, and you're just like, wow, oh, 36 homers and 101 RBIs. That's amazing. Um, I did the research. The White Sox won the World Series in 05. White Sox. That's right. Yeah, the White Aussie Sox. Yeah. managed White... that team. That's what it was. And they had uh, right mm-hmm. AJ Pruszynski, I think, and yeah, Jermaine those... Die was the was the World Series MVP. Jermaine Die, Paul um, Canerco, Aaron Rowand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, the, the White Sox swept them, swept the Astros. Yes, so, White Sox were very good that year. That was, that was a 99-win season for the White Sox. So, I mean, team, that was man. like... That was a very good team. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, um, I, uh, I have Well, We're going to transition to talking about a little bit about basketball. So I want to share with you guys my forgotten all-star for the week. Uh, this, was, this was fun. Um, many of you may not have ever heard of this guy. Mehmet Okur. Who the hell is he Mehmet Okur? <laughs> he is a Turkish player, played I think like twelve or thirteen seasons in the NBA. What? Um, in uh, he won a title with the Detroit Pistons in two thousand four. Um, he was on that championship team that beat the Lakers in two thousand five. He joined the Utah Jazz, or I think it was two thousand six. He joined the Utah Jazz, and he played for the Jazz I think for six seasons. In two thousand seven, he made an All Star team. And he, I looked up his stat line. I mean, he had 17.6 points per game, 7.2 rebounds, like two assists and like half a block a game. That was it. Like, wasn't a great year. I mean, that's like, okay, but like not all-star level. He made the all-star team in 07 as an injury replacement. Him and I don't remember the other player um, made it uh, in place of Iverson, who was playing for the Nuggets at the time and Steve Nash as injury replacements. Um, but I, he, he made an all-star team um, in 2007. I had no idea Mehmet Okur was an all-star. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> but, know Mehmet Okur was a person. I mean, right. I mean, so this is funny. I didn't realize this, but that year for the Jazz, that 06-07 series, the Jazz went 51-31 and 31 and went to the Western Conference Finals. Wow. I, I think that was the, the era of uh, Deron Williams. Uh, this was Paul Millsap's rookie season with the Jazz. Uh, they lost to San Antonio, who then went on to beat the Cavs and win the title that year. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that was the year that the eighth-seed Warriors uh, beat the number one seed uh, and made it into the first – and, like, made it in the second round that year, and that's who the Jazz ended up beating. I don't know. It was a weird year. Uh, obviously, because like the Jazz were in the Western Conference Finals, and Mehmet yeah. Okur was an All Star. Wow! Um, but yeah, uh, he uh, apparently he became a player development coach for the Suns and was fired at the beginning of this season with Earl Watson after they won like three games and they like fired a bunch of people. He was fired. Um, but yeah, 
Wow. That's who I got, Mehmet Okur. Well, so interesting. Don't forget about Morgan Ensberg and uh, Mehmet Okur, guys. Yeah. These, these are all-stars we're talking about, okay? These are yeah. forgotten Don't be sleeping. all-stars. We need to have like a music drop for this that we need to put out. Forgotten yeah. <laughs> all-stars. Some like Twilight Zone-themed yeah. right, music right. for it. Or some like sad music, you know? like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. I'll, 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 I'll figure something out. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let, let's talk some NBA and some conference finals. Before we do, actually, um, I saw this yesterday, and I wanted to ask your opinion on it. I don't know if you saw this. So an NBA executive or somebody up in the league um, was talking, did an interview somewhere um, on a Kansas City radio station or website, something like that, and basically said that sooner rather than later, Kansas City is going to get an NBA team. Well, Which was shocking to me. I didn't even think about that. And that he said in there that Kansas City and Seattle are basically the next two. Like, those two teams, those two places will get a team. And I never had thought about Kansas City as a team, but they did have one yes. for a while before the Kings went to Sacramento. It was the Kansas City um, Kings or Royals. or I think it, I think right, both teams were the, the Royals. Royals. I think they were the Royals, right. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that was interesting. I don't know if you, if you heard that yesterday or had any thoughts on that. I haven't heard that, but I do think that Seattle should have never lost a team. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't think yeah, we should. 100%. I don't think we should ever have had the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, this is yeah. Seattle should have never lost a team. I think you got to prioritize here. I think a little bit and really put Seattle above Kansas City. Seattle deserves a team. Um, <clears throat> it was a, it was a successful team. Yeah, um, yeah, but. Yeah, can't I? I can see. I mean, how many teams do the NBA have right now? Do they have thirty. They have thirty. They yeah, have 30. so thirty-two is so not out of the question, too. They, right? They can expand to thirty-two, yeah. and I think that's the eventual goal. Um, and it, it makes sense. They need more teams in the West. If you look at like teams, you can move over to the East. There's quite a few. Like mini Minnesota, for example, is in the Northwest of the West Conference. Yeah. So they're playing teams like Portland, which is so far away. Like they could be playing teams like Milwaukee that are stayed over. Um, so they would make sense in the East, and you could have a team like Seattle in the Northwest. Um, so there, there's some options. I think. I think um, as far as like placement goes with, with teams. Um, it, but I thought that was cool. I, I, I like a team in Kansas City. I, I, I think that'd be that'd be that'd be fun. I, I want to see the NBA expand because um, I mean they're making a lot of money. Uh, they're really getting close to the NFL level of popularity. I mean they're really doing well, and so I think it's t- now's the time. You have the money. You, you're growing in the right direction. Like let's get some M- new NBA teams in here, and that'll just add to the excitement of the NBA with expansion. Oh, yeah. um, and I see, like you said, Seattle needs a team back. And uh, I like a team in Kansas City, so I was I was intrigued by that. I was actually I was I was happy to see that. Um, so and with with Seattle, real quick, Seattle is in the works to get a NH- NHL team, a hockey team. Yes, um, and yeah. they're they're I think they're redoing Key Arena to be able to do a hockey team, and that will help the NBA in the appeal to get back into Seattle with that. You know, and hockey is um, one of those sports that I think is growing very quickly. Oh yeah, and so. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of was like, I've watched a couple like parts of NHL games, and I'm like, yeah, I could me get too. into this. I never, I could yeah, get into I never this, watch I hockey. Yeah, um, yeah up here, cool. everyone's so, everyone's a Sharks fan, so um, um I I kind of got to follow them, but I'm partial right. to the Mighty Ducks because I love the Disney movies. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> that's about it. And they got that it. badass logo from like the '90s. So yeah, <laughs> the hockey mask with the duck bill—that was pretty sick. Yeah, 
yeah, it's it's solid. All right, um, so let's let's talk these conference finals. So let's start uh, with the Cavs and the Celtics. They've played three games. Celtics are up two to one. Oh, um, boy. I, how many how, how many games did you watch? Did you just watch Game Three? Right. I went and watched. I went back and watched parts of Game One and Two. Okay, um, cool. and then I watched highlights of it. Um, and then I actually watched Game Three last night. Um, okay, and, I didn't watch it. I was I was working last night, so you're you have to talk about Game Three because I didn't. I know, and this is it. coming from the not NBA guy. Like, yeah, I love it. It's good. So, it's good. Game one and two. I got a little. I had a little bit of a rant for the Cavs. I mean, if they don't want to be there, go home. Yeah, seriously, the lack of effort was absolutely atrocious on the part of the Cleveland Cavaliers in games one and two. I mean, they look like they didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And there were still people that are saying that they're going to win this series. Oh, LeBron put up a 40-point triple-double. Yeah, I don't give a shit, dude. Like if they lose, it doesn't matter. LeBron, like, I don't care who matter. it is. I don't care who it is. No one can put an entire team on their back. Nope. No one. No one. And people that people are going to make the argument that LeBron can. Well, no, he's never done it. He's never done it. He's always had contributors. And yeah. it, it really well, bugged me. And I saw it last night a lot. And I saw it in game two a lot when he put up that 40-point triple-double. He'll get the ball at the top of the key. He'll wave everyone aside and go one-on-one. You cannot uh-huh. win a series that way. You can no, hardly, you you can hardly win series. games that way. Yeah. And he wants to do it. And you know what? Before last night and still even, because last night I still think was lackluster on their part. Right. If you don't want to be there, go home. Because I, I guarantee you there's plenty of other teams in the Eastern Conference that want to be there right now. Oh, yeah. The Toronto oh, yeah. Raptors should be there, I think. I think they're yeah, a better they team than the Cavaliers. The only reason oh, the Cavaliers are, are but... there is because LeBron James happens to be on their team and he had some good games. And everyone Le- LeBron, else contributed well, to it. No, everyone. Le- LeBron is the owner teams. of the Toronto Raptors. Like he, he, like for some reason, if Toronto is playing LeBron, they are going to lose every. Like well, Toronto that's could thing have that bugs the best team. LeBron. It's just it's so weird. They just can't get over the fact that like LeBron's on that team, and they just they like self destruct. It's amazing, honestly. But what really bugs me about LeBron too is like he needs to just be a player. He needs yeah. to stop trying to run the front office. And I know he yeah. tries because he kinda, Oh, he does. I mean, he yeah. does. Like, we could be honest. He's basically the GM of the Cavaliers. Which is which is absurd. You are paid to play the game. Go play the game. Do not try to run the front office. And that yeah. really that really frustrates me to watch that. Um, that and he's coddled. He has coddled so much. Yeah. And I would I, – last night when I was thinking about this and I wrote this down, I actually wrote down in my notes, most coddled player in the NBA, maybe in sports <laughs> – and I had to think about it. And I was like, well, what about Tom Brady? Um, Tom Brady isn't coddled. Tom Brady's protected. And mainly, I think, because he's a quarterback. Right. And, and quarterbacks LeBron are, you is could coddled. say, all of them he are He gets away with so much. I mean, there was that traveling call he had in game, was it game two? Game two or uh-huh. game one? I think it was game one. He's at the top of the key. And I mean, he took about three steps with the ball. Yeah. And he got called for traveling. And his hands went up in the air. And everyone in the stadium and his, even his own mother knew. It was a travel. <laughs> he walked with right. the ball. And he's throwing his hands up and he's pointing at the screen. And we were t- just talking about this last night. Like, if anyone else pointed at the screen, looked at the screen, pointed at it, and then said something to the, the referees, that's an automatic tech. But because LeBron does it, it's not a tech. 
And yeah. that's what I don't get. No one earns that sort of status. Not even MJ. No one earns that sort of, I don't know, entitlement um. to be able to do that. And he just bugs me, man. LeBron bugs <laughs> me. And I, I, I understand he's a great player. I, under, I do. I really understand that. But, God, he bugs the shit out of me, man. I can't take it. I can't take it. But, yeah, games one and two, Cavs really lacked a lot of lack of effort. I mean, it was almost mm-hmm. like they didn't want to be there. Game three was different. Um, right. There was more effort there. Um, there was still the one-on-one LeBron stuff at the top of the key. But the Celtics really played poorly. Right, right. Um, well, and then, you, you know, you, you're down 2-0, you come back home. Like, I don't know about anybody else, but I expected the Cavs to win this game. Like, I didn't expect Boston to win. This was the Cavs game to win, and they did it. So, great for them. Well, if there was but a game not... for them to win, it would have been this one. You're down exactly, 2-0 going right. back to Cleveland. You've got to win this You game. have to win. You yeah. have to win. So, it's not surprising. Um, and I don't think it says as much as maybe people will want to make it to see. Like, it doesn't mean that much. Like, this is a game they were supposed to win. Sure, they win it. But, like, let's see what they do in game four. Like, can they win again? Can they can they get it back to 2-2? Because if they go down 3-1 and have to go back to Boston for game five, I, the series well, is over. I'll, I'll tell honestly. you, if the Celts really want to put them away, they should go back to Boston and win game four. Because that's where the yeah because they go back to Boston for Game Four, correct? No, 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 no. They'll play one more in Cleveland, okay, and then they'll go back to Boston in Game Five. Well, if so they really the want to win, if they really to... want to secure this. They better win in Cleveland tomorrow night. Exactly, and then they, they go play. back Not home. Tomorrow night, but whenever yeah, yeah. They play. Yeah, yeah, they'll go back to Cleveland with or Boston with the 3-1 lead and have a chance to close that out at home. That's their best-case scenario. I mean, I so I didn't watch the game, but I, I pulled up the stats. Um, I just want to mention a few things real quick. So Cavs were 17 for 34 from three-point range, which is 50% from three. They okay? shot very and they, well. And they also shot 48.7% from the field. Eight. So obviously they had a great game, and they're not going to shoot 17 threes a game at 50%. Well, and they're a lot not of that came that. in the second half. Kyle Korver right, when they came were just on hot, right? And uh-huh. I mean, I think he hit. I think he hit four straight. I mean, Kyle Korver really shot well, which he hasn't done in the in the you know in this series, series. No, in this series, no, no. So I mean, and he he's a guy that's capable of that. But if you look at Boston stats, they were six of twenty two from three point line, which is twenty seven percent. Yeah, no, and that's I took terrible. A, I took half by and they, half statistics for him. Okay. And they were two for nine in the first half, 40% from the field in the first half. I mean, really bad. And I and I think you could accredit that and from just what I saw, and I'm no basketball expert, but Rozier looked like he was really pushing the ball a little bit too hard. Uh-huh. Um I understand trying to keep aggressive, trying to stay aggressive and push the ball up the floor. Um but there's but there definitely comes a time where you have to take a step back, slow the ball down, and reset everything. And I felt like Rozier, who I really like, I think he's a great aggressive player, but I feel like he was really uh-huh. pushing the ball a little bit too hard. Yeah. And so maybe... Rozier, Rozier also plays really poorly on the road, and he has this whole postseason. He has really he plays really well at home, but when they get on the road, he shoots... He doesn't shoot the ball very well, um, and he just doesn't seem to play very well on the road. And I, so, to me, to see his stats and that's not surprising. Like the, they're going to need more from him if they're going to win a road game. Yeah, but it's kind of what he's done this whole postseason, right? And defensively, Boston was really bad. Um, yeah, I mean, Cleveland is a bad defensive team in my books. 
I think I wrote. Oh, they're very bad. I wrote down how bad. bad they were so many times in my notes, and I wrote down how much <laughs> how what a big group of whiners they are. So, yeah. if there's going to be a mantra that I have throughout this podcast, it's going to be that the Cavaliers are a bunch of whiners. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's it. But yeah, it was, oh, that's awesome. But they actually, you could actually see the effort in them. So I think that was, I think that was good for them that they they actually put a little bit of effort into it. Um, yeah, yeah. And it really comes down to game four. You know, if the Cavs can continue this and tie up the series, now we're looking at it a whole different series as it's 2-2 and the Cavs are having the momentum. Yeah. Um, I still I still stand by my Celtics pick because the Celtics are the better team. Like, you look at these teams play and the Celtics are a better team. But LeBron is the best player on the court. So that's what it's going to come down to is can the role players on the Cavs step up to a level to support what LeBron is going to do night in, night out? Or is the team effort of the Celtics going to prevail over the team effort of the Cavs? I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the second half, yeah. I had a, I wrote down LeBron is still whining. Um, <laughs> I also talked about the flagrant foul stuff because, or I wrote something down about it because I think it was Game Two. J.R. Smith had a flagrant foul on Al Horford. Oh, should have been ejected and suspended. Yes, I mean push, it push was it was a dangerous it was a dangerous foul for him to do that. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. and rightfully so, the Celtics got fired up about it and oh yeah, got up in his face. And I I am condemning no one for that on Boston's part because no no that no, no, was no. that's what you should do. Yeah, that guy. I mean, he deserves to be suspended. Yeah. To be suspended. Um, yeah, Draymond Green gets suspended for kicking people in the nuts. But uh, you know, but but J.R. Smith can push some guy in midair and well, try to end his again, career. And think it's about cool. who he kicked in the nuts. Yeah, I mean LeBron James. Yeah, coddled player. <laughs> yeah, coddled yep. player. No, you're 100. percent Um, but then Baines last night for Houston or for um Houston. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. For Boston, <laughs> had a hard foul on Tristan Thompson in the paint. Uh-huh. Um, it was a straight up play, and. What Baines did actually was he came up and he came back over the top of him, but you saw him kind of okay. bear hug him when they came down, and so it was kind of like a "I'm holding you back from falling" type deal. And um, and the the announcers, the commentators, lost their shit over it. Yeah, I mean they were like, "Oh, well, we need to define what the difference between a flagrant one and a flagrant two is. We need to have a hard definition of it." I mean, there is such a big difference between what. Uh, Baines did and what J.R. Smith did. Um, I don't even remember Baines' name. That's why I'm calling him Baines. But Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is such a big difference from what they did, and I don't even know why right. it's a conversation. Like, I mean, back then I had it was a flagrant. A flagrant was a flagrant. Right. And now they separate them to flagrant one and flagrant two, and it's kind of like doing the five yard face mask or the fifteen yard face mask. And yep. so, like. Yep. What constant, I mean, just make a flagrant a flagrant. That's my stance mm-hmm. on it. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think when you get too specific, it gets hard and it gets difficult to regulate. And then you have situations like this where it's like, JR should have had a flagrant too, but he didn't. He had a flagrant one. You know, and it's like, why Why do we even have this conversation? We're getting way too specific here. It should be a set rule. You get a flagrant or you just get a foul. I, I agree with you. I think, I think they try too hard. Uh, to regulate. I mean, I but. think most officials are pretty good at making judgment calls at intent. At intent, 
which is what a flagrant right. call, what a flagrant foul is based it, what, on. What a flagrant two is, yeah, right. and that's what a flagrant two is. Is it's the intent, like a hard foul is a flagrant one. That's gonna be a, flagrant and one. Intent is flagrant two, but like right. I think if there's intent, it should just be a straight up flagrant. Give him, give right. him two shots and a tech. And if not, it's a hard foul. It's a hard and foul. You go give to him the two line shots or whatever, and a tech. You know, that's yeah. what I think they so. should do. But yeah, um, I agree with you. I do want to throw out that the star of the game was Chewbacca. <laughs> uh, Chewbacca, Chewbacca was at the game. Like, yeah, really? Not just someone oh. in a Chewbacca costume. Like Chewbacca was at the game. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I wrote that cool. down. I was like, Chewbacca was at the game. Three exclamation points. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So Chewie was hanging out courtside. Um, you know what? The officials weren't all that great either. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was kind of hard for either team to really get a call. Um, there was um, a block that they they said LeBron made a blip, uh, clean block. I forget who was driving, uh, taking the shot, but um, I mean he came across both arms to block yeah. the shot. And they say, oh, it's a yeah. clean block. And I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Le- and then LeBron's going to get his calls at home. Wrong and you know, it's, it's going to go to right. line for two. Right. Yeah. You know, same, like I said, same, same thing in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I notice a lot cause as a Panthers fan. I watch uh, Carolina play and, you know, Cam Newton will get hit and doesn't get like uh, doesn't no, no defensive penalty. But like, you know, that if Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers got hit that same way, like someone's getting an unsportsmanlike conduct. Some, you know. Yeah, I, like I said, I think it's just I think it just it's what happens in sports. When the best player in the league, you get extra calls. Um, so yeah, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, I, I, game four will be important. I'm excited to watch it. Um, Boston needs to step I, you know, up defensively if they want to make any sort of statement here. I mean, yeah, for sure. The defense was really bad in game three. So and they had been and they played really well in game one and two. So, I mean, honestly, if you're Boston, this is your shot. Win game four, go back home with the three one lead and you, the series is yours. Yes. Um, but if you let the Cavs win game four and you go back tied all of a sudden now it's a series and you don't want to give LeBron any shots because like he is the best player in the league. So, right. He, you know, he's going to he's going to make you pay. So don't let him go back to two get to take get your three one lead and, uh, you know, and, and get to the finals. So let, let's uh, let's talk about Golden State Houston. So they they play two games. They play tonight. Um, we're recording Sunday afternoon. Uh, so they play tonight. So I'll be watching that. I'll be live tweeting on our Twitter. So follow us on Twitter at Sports Hour, guys. Um, you can watch me live tweet the game. Oh, there you uh, go. Go subscribe. So go follow. Which yeah, which uh so I watched both games for the Golden State Houston series. Did you I watched game two. What did you watch? I watched game two. Game two. Okay. Cool. Um what so what so what what were your thoughts on the series um, so far? Houston's for real. Um they're gonna be tougher, I think, than Golden State anticipated. Uh-huh. Um You know, Golden State did not play well that did not play that well offensively in game two. Um, they oh, kind of no. shot themselves out of it. They were, yeah. they were kind of rushing. They were rushing a lot of shots when, which, you know, I understand because I mean, that's the best shooting team in the NBA. <laughs> right. Why wouldn't you shoot the shit out of the ball? But exactly the, but they kind of shot themselves out of the game and Houston mm-hmm. actually played it really smart. I think CP three had a great game. Um, James Harden played very well. PJ Tucker, was un 
real in that game. <laughs> Had the game of his He's life. my new favorite player. Even oh though I'm pulling, I, even though I got the Warriors in this series, I love P, I loved what PJ Tucker did. That was great. He's, he's got um, a toughness, and, and it was it was cool to see him get, go at Draymond in the post. Oh like, yeah, and get him, you know. And and PJ Tucker was feeling it, and to see him like take it to a guy like Draymond and be like, "Stop me!" Like I thought that was cool. Well, he played inside out. I mean, and that's what I loved is right. like he was playing inside and outside. He was he'll drop a dime right in your face, but then he'll right. back cut mm-hmm. you and do something in the paint. I mean, that was awesome. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, I think that was a great, I think it was more of a great effort by Houston more than it was a bad game by Golden State because Golden State still played well. I mean, they didn't play Uh, as good. Kevin Durant played well. Kevin Durant will always play well though. Kevin Durant did really well. Um, actually our friend Tanner Pisani, if you don't know him, shout out to Tanner. I know he's going to listen to this, so he's going to, but, uh, (laughs) he had called before the game Durant's having 40. I think Kevin uh-huh. Durant had 39. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> well I'm going to give him the well win done. on that well one. Done. That, that's yeah. close enough. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you could you could almost chalk Kevin Durant up for 35, 40 points in every game in this playoffs in a, just because he's big, unstoppable. No, nobody game, can yeah. guard him. You know, I for me, it's funny. I watched both games. Um, I didn't really take a lot away from game two in Houston's win. I mean, obviously, Houston played out of their minds, but Golden State, to me, is still the much better team and uh, oh, is yes, going to win this series. I, I, I have these stats so I want to break down. So, obviously, Harden had a great game. CP3 played really well. Eric Gordon played really well. And, honestly, they need Eric Gordon to be getting 25 a game because the Warriors have KD, Steph, and Clay, and they're going to all go for 25. They can all go for 25, 30 25 so they, is too much to ask Eric Gordon, I think, though. They But they need a third guy, and that's the thing. They need a third guy. It, it can't just be Harden and Paul. They I need think a they third found guy him, to get P.J. Tucker. No, 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 yes. no. PJ no, I'm Tucker dead serious. Gonna, I'm dead serious when I say PJ this. PJ Tucker had the game of his life. Let me let me tell you something here, okay? I'm, I, I got some stats for you. So, Houston obviously blew out the Warriors, but, like, Kevin Durant got his. He's always going to get his. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. He is holding up combined, the book on me right now, by the way. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Steph Curry and Klay Thompson combined for 10 of 30 shooting. 3 of 12 from 3, and 24 points. They combined for 24 points. Klay Thompson had 8 points. Eight, Klay Thompson had 8 points. That's not going to happen ever again in these playoffs. I will mark my words. Klay Thompson's not scoring less than 15 points in any game in the rest of these playoffs. He's not. It's not going to happen even again. If Steph so and, Houston, even, if, even if Steph and Durant go for 40 apiece, he's scoring more than 15 Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Clay's going to get his because he always does. This was a very off game for Clay. And, and you, know I'm, you know I'm a homer. You know I'm a homer for Golden right, State. Right, for the NorCal, NorCal in the Bay. Yeah, you know yeah. I'm a homer. The thing is, but the, I, the thing is, is this this isn't going to happen again. Curry and Clay are not going to combine for 24 points again. Curry had a very bad game. Well, yeah, Curry points. was terrible. Curry Could was shoot terrible. from the three. But look at, look at this. So, obviously, like I said, Paul, Gordon, and Harden had – really good games but let's look at two other guys on houston trevor ariza and pj tucker this is what's never gonna also happen again ariza and tucker combined for 15 of 18 from the field missed three shots they were six of nine from the three-point range and scored 41 points that will never happen again so you had the best game that you could have for Houston and probably the worst game you could have for the Warriors. So for me, it's just an anomaly. Like, Ariza and Tucker are not going to score 41 again. 
Clay's not going to score eight points again. So, like, unless they have this same scenario again, Houston's not going to be able to win a series. It's just not going to happen. P.J. Tucker's not going to score 22 points in a game again. I hate it. When it's just not right. going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I hate it and when that's you're the right. Thing, like, yeah, I mean, it's great to see these guys play so well, but, like, there's no way a reason Tucker are going to shoot, like, freaking 75% from the field. Like, it's just... Like, it's well, just I'm not happen. saying that they're going to shoot 75% from the field, but I I am saying that maybe they found someone they can lean on a little bit. I think if you're leaning on P.J. Tucker, then you might as well just call the series. What's wrong with him? What's I, wrong with him? He's just not that guy. He's just not that guy. Well, who he else had a they great game, go and that's what role play... Who else? And that's, that's my point. That's my point, is Houston no, doesn't have that. No, that's my point. What? No, that's my point. Who else are they going to go to? No, no, no. They don't have they don't have anybody else to go to. Like they don't. That's 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 why the Warriors exactly. ruin the series. So they're going to go to PJ Tucker and and then your guy Eric Gordon, right? And and that's not going to work. And it's not. That's my. It's just not going to work. It's not going to work. You're relying on those guys. I'm not the saying Warriors they're going to win the series, Dallin. That's not what I'm saying. Like if they re- they can rely on PJ Tucker all they want. I just for me when I saw this game, it was like cool. Houston had the best game of their life. The Warriors had the worst game. Great, but like the Warriors are still a better team. They're way more experienced. They are they're just they're just a better team. And if you're relying on guys like Trevor Ariza and PJ Tucker to combine for forty points a game, it's just not going to happen. So, but I mean, shout out to Houston for a great win. Uh, and I think it's obviously still a competitive series, but to me, it's clear that war- the Warriors are a better team. No, that's not even a question. I mean, it's Golden State. Like like I said last week, they are the New England Patriots of basketball right now. How do you mm-hmm. pick against them? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> and they have the Bill Belichick of basketball right now with Steve Kerr. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we great matchups in the NBA Conference Finals, and uh, they're fun games to watch, which is cool. I, um, I hope the Cavs stay at least competitive, uh, just because I think that's, like, the weaker of the matchups. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, basketball's fun. Playoff basketball's fun. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens this week. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be very competitive, very hard fought. Um I hope Chewbacca is at game four. Um, <laughs> well, for the Cavs, they, they need to bring him back because clearly they Apparently they, they well won with, with there, Chewbacca so. there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Han Solo never won a battle without Chewbacca. So well, there you go. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe uh, uh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca. They're going to change the name to the Cleveland Chewbacca. Right. Get a mascot. <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah. Well, what do you got going on the rest of the week, D? I know we're done with uh, you know, kind of what we got sports talk done. So what I do you just, got going on the rest of the week? I got nothing going on I, except for the Weird Kids podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just, just do a little plug I have school, right there. I have school. I will plug my other podcast. If you like music, especially hip-hop music, check out the Weird Kids podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts. My boy Ryan and I review music, have conversation. Last week we reviewed a Dream Pop album. And uh, we also talked about The Last Jedi for some reason, uh, which was weird. So, yeah, that was cool. I do need to give – I don't know if Ryan listens to this podcast, but I do need to give him a shout-out. And I meant to do it in the first podcast because in your first Weird Kids podcast, he gave me a shout-out. Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> Ryan, I'm reciprocating the favor. Here's a shout-out, buddy. Hope all is yeah, well Yeah, Ryan's great. Ryan's great. Actually, you Love guys should tune guy. in next week. 
uh, we we post our episodes on Friday. This week we are actually reviewing country albums. Have me on. I'm dead serious. So, Let's go. Ryan, Ryan found these two rando country EPs, um, and we're going to listen to them and review it. So one of them is by a guy named Adam Sanders, and the other one is a guy named Drake White. So, I've heard of Drake White. Yeah. Pretty yeah, we I, we have no idea who they are. They're EPs and they're like twenty minutes long, which is why we chose them because I can't I can't. Well, you do can that review. You can review Stapleton. Well, well, we will when he posts like when he when he drops an album and stuff. We will review it. He um, just did from but, A Room, yeah. so. I guess that's true, um, but I guess yeah, it's I don't a know. It's gonna be fun. To do that in now, but yeah, but we're we're gonna try this out. So tune in. Uh, if you want to hear Ryan and I talk about country music, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. That would be awesome. Uh, what do you, what what do you what do you got going on, Mitch? Well, at as of next Friday, this coming Friday, I will no longer be a college student. So, oh oh, do you graduate this week? I do, absolutely, yes, sir. Man, so, that's crazy! Congratulations, yeah, thank you. I took kind of took the long way around. Kids stay in school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited. I uh I'm going to finally graduate college, which is awesome. So that'll happen on Friday. My final should be done by Tuesday. Um Ooh. other than Are that, you excited I'm, to like never have to do school again? Oh, dude, so happy. I'm so jealous. I'm so I happy got like a that. year left. <laughs> dude, yeah, I'm so happy for that. Like and not that my my major my second time around in school really had a whole lot of homework. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of glad not to have to worry about it anymore, you know. Yeah. So exactly, I can go That's do my really regular cool. job and then come home and do this, which is kind of cool. So, right. ooh, um, what up? Yeah, that's right. So, no, I'm excited. I'm excited, and uh, yeah, that's that's what well, I got. Sweet. That's what I got congrats. going on this con- week. Con- con- yeah. That's a big week. Congrats! I'm the excited Mitch Mo is growing up. I'm becoming yeah, a little man. Oh, a little man. <laughs> I uh, know I'm, a I'm a little bit large, so it's okay, guys. I'm a little large, <laughs> a, a little, a little big man. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, thanks for you guys for tuning in this week. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and drop a review, drop a rating, drop a comment. Let us know if we're good, if we suck, if we offended you. No, you know, just uh, just let us know. Share with your friends and uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. That's exactly what I was going to say. Follow us on Instagram and cool. Twitter. Tweet at us. Po- comment on our Instagram post. Let us know what you want to hear on the next sport, sports podcast. Yeah. I, I appreciate all the people that have reached out this week with ideas, um, with comments, with their own opinions on on things that we talked about last week. It's super fun. So continue to do that because um, I, I enjoy it. Mitch and I just both love talking about sports. So we don't have to just do it on this hour or so of the podcast. We'll talk about it outside of this. So one last one last shout out for the people that got a hold of us this week to do different uh topics on the podcast. I want to shout out Tanner Pacini and Jordan Fox. They got a hold of mm. us to do the different topics that we did on the podcast today. So yeah. tweet at us, comment us, text us if you know us. And let us know what you want to hear, and maybe you'll get a shout-out on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's been real. Mitch, thanks for taking this time. It's been real. Uh, it's with, been with, fun. With I can say it's actually been really fun. Yeah. It, it was okay. Yeah. I'm just Make it a great day <laughs> or not. Kidding. The choice is yours. <laughs> I love it. See you guys. <laughs>